so I just see this alert and I know it's that app because it's like the orange little COVID circle thing. Right. And it tells me that Bluetooth is off, so the the service isn't working. And that's right. an excellent way to get into the 96th episode of the Overclock ZA podcast. We are, of course, talking about the COVID Alert South Africa app, which has launched on Android and iOS. It's just a download effectively, and it finally um, uses those abilities that Google and Apple built into all its devices around the world. Gavin, tell us more about it. Um, well, I don't have a whole lot to say. It just missed our podcast cutoff last week. I believe it was Wednesday mid-morning when it launched last week. Um, I think it's actually a professional and slick-looking app. I must say, it doesn't mm. look like some kludge-together government project like so many of these digital tools do. It actually looks slick, like they must have uh, retained some serious developers to do this clean interface and... I found it was very intuitive. In other words, you know, it led me down a path and I found the information I expected to find there. And, you know, when I became concerned about my personal data, it was easy to find out how they were managing it. It was easy to find out how this was going to benefit me. It was easy to find out what I should do if I, you know, received a notice. It was actually all very intuitive. It wasn't too deep. In other words, the information wasn't layered so badly that you had to drill, drill, drill to find stuff you needed. So in that sense, very successful app, I believe. Of course, getting people to download and use it is a whole different story. So I wonder how successful that has been for government. I don't really know. Um, what I liked about the Apple integration was that on the App Store, they actually did a story. So they, if you launch the App Store, it takes you to like this landing page with different categories and like the editors will surface things. I, I know yes. a couple of the people in South Africa who work on that product as well. And so they had a story in there about this app and it was actually really, really well laid out. I shared it to my Insta stories um, on that opinion guy on Instagram. And yeah, bottom line is it between 10 and 20 minutes intervals when you are out and about it will just ping the bluetooth devices that is around it so it works on bluetooth low energy and it will just collect um uh, a database of like devices it came in contact with and then like your device will also send its location every so now and again so, when you move to like different areas i think it's important for the listeners to understand that it has no idea who you are it doesn't have your name mm. and your surname and your telephone number all it has is a little reference for your phone has a reference for other phones that it's come into contact with who are also running this app. That's all it has. Yeah. So it's completely anonymous in that sense. Right. And then? Yeah. And then if you test positive and you have like downloaded this app and uh, you've added yourself to whatever, you've clicked the box that says, please make me available to this. Then you can, in there, you can say that you have, uh, you have tested positive for COVID-19 and then that goes to a government database. So every day, your phone will check. So those keys will, will be made available to all the app users. And every day, your phone will check its registry against the keys that the government, that it receives from the central database. And if there is a match of a positive test, it will then alert you that you have been exposed and give you the correct ways to like the contact details and stuff of like testing centers and put you on that path to get yourself tested. And that's the important part is that it actually gives you a course of action for what to do if something happens, you know, mm. and aside from just all the general data it's giving out about COVID and stats and so on. 
It tells yeah. you what to do. A, if you suspect you're positive, and if you do find out you are positive, what your next step should be. So, I mean, in that sense, I think very successful. I yeah. um, I didn't check what the language issues were on the app. In other words, could I? I suspect it was it would run in multiple different languages. I wasn't wasn't yes. clear on that. Uh, I'm uh, not I'm not entirely sure as well. And yeah. I, I I must still fire it up on the Huawei P40 Pro Plus <laughs> that I'm that I'm testing right now, trying to get those Dex things to work. You didn't okay. tell me it was the P40 Pro Plus, by the way. I just found out I saw it was like the 512 gigabytes. And oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So it has the upgraded like telephoto cameras and all those things, yeah. which is great. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll check out out if it works on 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 Huawei mobile services, and I'll check back to you. Other things that we need to follow up on, Gavin, you and me, we took another trip to try and see if Vodacom would make good <laughs> on its 5G. Oh man, we we desperately want Vodacom to actually deliver some 5G, and not just a press release about delivering 5G, but actual 5G. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the manager of the Vodashop um, that we went to in the 5G coverage area in Cape Town, um, we, we're not going to out any more than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looked me in my eye and said, I asked, I was like, you are selling 5G devices. Have you ever seen a device connect to a 5G network? And he looked me in my eye and said, no. And okay, that's all he needs to know. I mean, that means he's never sold a V60, uh, Velvet, uh, P40, an S uh, Note 20. He's never sold a single one of those handsets out of his store, obviously, where they've activated the thing and seen it go live, you know. Yeah. Oh, hell, man. Yeah. And then what did the other guy tell us? He was like one, one of the, 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 the non-manager people in the store. He was like, oh, you know, sometimes the network can be congested. And I, I stopped short of telling him, like, dude, how many people do you think have 5G devices? Yeah. And talking about 5G devices, Gavin, Vivo X50 Pro. Yes. You have one. It's got the yeah. gimbal mechanism on the camera. It's a yeah. 5G device. It costs 20 grand. It has the same chipset as the LG Velvet. Is it 5,000 rand better than an LG Velvet? So you've kind of you've laid like a trap for me and now you've fallen in the trap because of course I haven't tested it yet. I've got like my hands full of devices right now. I haven't got round to the X50. I know it would have been the first thing that you played with, but it just so happens that I had lots of other things to play with this week. Um, including my um Huawei Watch 2 GT E um and a whole lot of other things. I couldn't get round to the X, so I did a little unboxing. And it really is a marvelous device. It feels premium and everything. But I have not got around to firing it up for, for proper or testing the cameras or testing the 5G, obviously. So, yeah. I mean, but for Vivo to come out with a 20,000 Rand handset, that's, I don't know, man, you know, because up to now, their handsets have all been like the five, six grand variety, you know. So, I don't know. It's a bit of a leap for your average South African consumer to leap to a 20,000 Rand handset, you know. I don't know how comfortable I am with a Snapdragon 700 series. So it's a 765G um, processor, a device with a, a 700 series and not an 800 series at 20 grand. I don't know how comfortable I would be paying 20 grand when you know you can pick up a Note 20, for instance, at the same price. 
Yeah, but it's it's tricky for us to discuss a phone that you haven't handled and that I haven't really interrogated mm-hmm. fully. So maybe we must come back to this next week when I've got a bit further with it, you know. Yeah, I, I just think that pricing. But talking about pricing, we have live pricing for... So context, um, <laughs> the leakers were alive today and mm-hmm. leaked out the Xbox Series S um, device on the socials. And then Xbox hit back with a tweet just announcing the Xbox Series S at a wonderful price of like $300, which is going to translate to about 5,000 Rand without import taxes um, on our side. Gavin, are you excited about another Xbox? I am, actually. I'm, I'm even more excited about the Series S because I think this is probably the more realistic console to get, to be honest. The, so there are these two Xboxes now running, as they have been in the past. There's been, you know, um, a series, uh, an S and a, what was the other one? An X. X. Yeah, yeah, so now we have the Series S and the Series X. The Series S is the more affordable, has no drive at all. At all. Um, by that, I mean no optical drive where you can put discs into it. It runs entirely with an SSD drive. And um, it doesn't achieve the 4K resolutions that you, you know, expect from the Series X, for example. It's scaled down to a sort of a 1440p, which is still pretty damn high, frankly. And it still does ray tracing, all the, the good stuff that you expect mm. from a modern-day console. Um, uh, Microsoft says that this will be the most powerful console in the world when it launches. In other words, yeah. it will briefly be the most powerful console before the PS5 comes out and before the Xbox Series X comes out. So that does mean that it is actually more powerful than the PlayStation Pro that's available now. What's it? Uh, yeah. PS4 Pro, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, there is that. I, again, I mean, I always worry that, that they're going to miss the Christmas rush here because we always get the stuff on the last minute before Christmas because, you know, they're so busy trying to fill orders all around the world. Mm. Um, South Africa always ends up at the end. And then they always take advantage of the early early adopters and they kind of charge them max premium price, you know. Yeah. But it's interesting that you can get a current generation console for around 5,000 Rand. Well, I guess it'll be a bit more once we end up with uh, the taxes on top of the 5,000 Rand. But, I mean, I really was expecting something in the region of seven and 8,000 Rand for the PS5, certainly. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling like it's going to be in that six and a half, seven thousand rand category for me. Um, I I don't understand console gaming right now. I okay. I I love my. So this is the thing, right? So um, ah. <laughs> Nintendo has the Switch. The Switch is a a glorified Fantastic product. But it's a glorified Android tablet. It's like a middle, mm. middle of the road kind of Android tablet. I think that's, that's a little converted. unfair. That's a little unfair. That, that is, okay. It is. I love, I love the Switch. I love my Nintendo Switch. Um, Nintendo South Africa. Um, I love my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So now we, we, we've, had, we've had like a year of just like people putting LiDAR on iPads and Everything's like going towards like AR and everyone's trying to like do this immersive sort of gaming thing. And now you have these next gen consoles that are coming out like super powered, going to play like 4K at 14, like mad, mad stuff, mad spec. And then you have the little Nintendo Switch that plays in like 720p 
and yeah. 1080 when you like plug it into your TV and stuff. And then they just release like that Mario Kart Live thing, which is like yeah, a little yeah. a little toy with a camera in it, and it gets yeah. to the lounge, and then you can like race Mario Kart in your lounge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that will sell like hotcakes. Like I am more excited about that on like simple, simple in inverted commas hardware than I am about like this all powerful AMD. No, no, Zen absolutely. Absolutely, I'm 100% with you. I'm 100% with you. What Nintendo proves year in and year out is that gameplay is actually the winner yeah. and not hyper real. You know, how can, how can Super Mario running around, um, you know, he's basically a, a cartoon character, somehow compete with Call of Duty, this hyper real bullet spraying multiplayer, mm. you know, uh, environment? I mean, those, those games cost billions of dollars to deliver and super mario just goes from strength to strength i'm sure yeah. you know he's barely got out of his kind of 8-bit roots really super mario just proves that gameplay is actually the winner every time more firepower is not necessarily the winner this is also true of phones by the way just making yeah. the phone more powerful is no longer a recipe for any kind of success but that's just by the by Mm. I yeah, agree with you that low power, that yeah. the clever innovation that Nintendo brings, it's not about horsepower. It's about innovation. I mean, yeah, Nintendo invented how you a, apply. Yeah. And Nintendo invented a way for you to seamlessly take your mobile game and turn it into a lounge game and go back to yeah. mobile. But the Switch, for those who are unfamiliar with the Switch concept, it's basically a, a, a tablet with handles you add to the sides and then you use it like a portable gamer and then when you get to your home you take your switch and you put it in a dock and it pops up on your tv so you've got the best of all worlds there all the time yeah mm. except if you want like a generic bluetooth controller um that that that's going to give you a hard time man <laughs> <laughs> okay but that's a bit it's a bit out there okay talking about thoughtful design the company that kind of is the poster child for Thoughtful design. I'm talking about Apple. Gavin's <laughs> least favorite technology company. Uh, <laughs> iPhone yeah. 12 is launching on, or at least the Apple event is on the 15th of September. Um, it's called Time Flies. That's that had like this awesome like three AR doodle um, that kind of stretches out into the nine and fifteen, which is the Americanized date. <sighs> what do we know? We know that it's coming in four flavors, two flavors of standard iPhone and two flavors of Pro. The little one is now going to be a standard one. It's coming with 5G. There's magnets built into the back of it, very strong magnets. We don't know why. Um, probably a squared off design, remnant of like the iPhone 5, iPhone 4, that sort of like squared off edges. And that's pretty much it. The biggest one is now 7.6 inches, 7.7 inches. La, 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 6.7. No, 6.7, yeah. Uh, just for reference, yeah. okay, just for reference, you know, I, ca I can barely keep track of the Apple models, okay? But let's just say the top one is called the Pro Max. I don't know these days. Is it Pro Max called the, the biggest one, Lindsay? Uh, uh, yes, I think so. Okay. Yes, yes. Right. So let's say the iPhone 12 Pro Max, if they call it that, is 6.7 inches. Now, you know that for that, you're going to pay some mega premium to get the, the big screen size. Certainly, you're going to be paying close to 30K, I would think. Okay, let's just in context understand that your entry-level phones now 
for 2,000 Rand, have a 6.4-inch screen. Okay. Oh, so my gosh. For 2,000 Rand, you can get, <laughs> if, if a big screen is all you're after, you can get a big screen phone for 2,000 Rand. With Apple, you know, you get to like six inches and you're at 20 grand. And now to get to 6.7 inches, somehow you end up paying another 8,000 Rand. And people just do this every year. I don't understand what's wrong with them, you know. Okay, but that's my little rant for the moment. I mean, the fact that they can even produce a phone with a five-inch screen is just ridiculous. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see who they're selling that to. They're selling that to moms and pops, gramps and grandma and grandpa, who have no idea how to operate a phone at all, but, you know, they get given an Apple phone because that's what everybody else thinks is cool, you know. Anyway. Okay, okay. so I'm super excited for the 5.4-inch because that's going to be about the size of the of the current SE slash iPhone 8 size, but with a, that all screen design that they've come now, probably with Face ID also built in. Not too hot about Face ID. I still love that that home button. Just adds to it adds a, a functionality to the to the operating system that I don't think they really thought about when they brought in the gestures. Besides for that, so they've put in something they are but they are predicting to sell something stupid like tens of millions of 5G devices. And the only way I can see that happening, like the order has been massive. Um, so there's two things here. One, this is going to be the first iPhone, I think, um, without any Intel hardware. So Intel stopped its modem division, remember, a couple right. of years uh, right. year before last. So this is going to be the first one without the, the Intel Qualcomm split. So they won't be right. like underclocking any yeah, Qualcomm yeah. modems or anything. So they're getting 5G modems from Qualcomm, which are proving to be the better of them. Because like just from our anecdotal testing, the, the 5G radio in the Huawei versus the 5G radio in the LG, for instance, which is the Qualcomm radio, like the LG was brilliant. In, yes, in it was a good 10, and, yeah. 10, 15% faster every time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, okay. so, there's, so there's that. Then they must have worked that price down somehow because they're only getting in the modem part. Um, and it's not going to be sitting on the SOC. Then I'm thinking that they are going to be so aggressive on that little iPhone 12 that it's going to come in at like $600, $700 maximum. And that is going to land straight at that 15 grand target, like in the South African market. And that's going to fly off the shelf if it's 5G. Hang on, is, is that going to be the 5-inch screen one? The 5.4-inch screen. So the oh, little one is now going to be the... You're going to pay 15 grand for a five-inch screen. That's like a post-inch screen, Gavin. It's a 0.4-inch, bro. 0.4 inches, like two millimeters more. How it's going to be you... like a postage stamp. Mm. Okay, <laughs> just the context here. I'm, I'm not a, a big phone fan per se. I'm just all about the value. Lindsay actually likes small phones. They work for yes. him. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there with the same issue. Okay, but I mean, we don't have to drag on any more about this. And besides everything else, you keep stating these things as though they are facts. They are not. This is all speculation, speculation. and guesswork about what the, the iPhone range will consist of. But it's good when okay. I'm right, Gavin, and I just like pulling your leg as well. Um, okay. <laughs> you have fine, a fine. We compare notes on P40 versus Note 20, and I have to say that Samsung has my heart right now. I love and I, I'm going to I'm going to state this again. I love the Galaxy Note 20. I would even love it enough to go for the non 5G version 
which is only 19,000 rand now on incredible connection. They are slashing the prices. The pricing was an issue when they launched it. It just, it just works for me. It's the right size. I love the plastic back. It makes it lighter. I can go running with it now and my shorts don't fall off. Um, I just, I just love, I love that you said you like the plastic back because what have I been saying since forever? Okay, these glass back phones is just begging to break. It's, a, it's like mm. creating vulnerability in the phone, entirely out of like an ego sense of wanting it to look like something spectacular, but it's completely impractical. Plastic back phones and even metal back phones, even better, much more practical. So I'm delighted to see that arrive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then compared to the, the ceramic back P40 Pro Plus, um, yeah. <laughs> the ceramic like adds like probably 100 grams. On <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what you're saying is that in a choice between a P40 Pro Plus and a Samsung S20, it's no contest. No 20. 20, Sorry. Yeah. No Mm. contest. No contest against a lot of phones right now. Um, We'll we'll wait for the the iPhone, the iPhone 12 to come out. Okay. Just remind us what is the cheapest Note 20 you can buy today? Uh, Note 20 is the LTE version, um, right. and that's just the normal Note 20, and that is 18,999 Rand on incredible sure. connection right now. All right. Um, that's down from the 21 grand that it launched at, just by the way, All just right. a few short weeks ago. Um, that is very good to know. Gavin, another thing that is on my desk, the Surface Laptop 3. Yes. I'm now, sizing. Tell me, yeah? tell me you got wildly excited when you unpacked it because it looked like a thing of beauty. It looked like dramatic because it did to me. And then you use it and you realize it's just another laptop. It has nothing spectacular. I mean, the screen was beautiful. I could tell that the keyboard, which is much vaunted by people all over the world, uh, did not work for me. But then I'm a very particular kind of keyboard user. On the Surface Laptop 3, the keys are flush with the deck of the, key, of the, of the laptop. And yeah. I always need my keys raised, you know, above the, yeah. the height of the deck. And so it didn't have that. And so my hand, my fingers had to dig down into the well to type. They were just a little bit too soft for my liking. But I could tell that it was a high-quality keyboard that a lot of people would be loving. Mm-hmm. The industrial design completely blew me away. The sort of hard edges and the flat planes and stuff were really beautiful. Their little thing about how you can actually push the lid back with one finger because they've worked so carefully on the hinge actually does contribute quite a lot to the overall experience of the product. Any other laptop, you try and open the lid, you kind of have to use two hands, hold the base down while moving the lid. This just moves smoothly. I guess it's like opening the door of a Rolls Royce or something. You know, it kind of glides. Um, And I noticed also that it was very quiet in operation. I never, ever heard the fans spin up. Now, normally to me, that means that you've built your product very, very well. It means the cooling works well. It means you've got the right combination of components. It's not having to constantly cool itself down in bizarre and awkward ways. The fact that it was whisper quiet all the time, I love that. So Mm. that was me in the Surface Laptop 3. I did feel a little robbed with the lack of gaming graphics. I felt they could have given us a little something there, you know, a little something kind of lightweight gaming graphics. But they didn't. Um, I don't know. Your feeling? So, three by two screens for the win. Absolutely okay. And, the, the, and win. the screen was beautiful quality. The screen yeah. was pristine. It was lovely. Yeah. 
things I don't understand. Um, if you are only going to have a laptop hinge that can't go like fully flat, why are we making it a touch screen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're poking the screen and you're upsetting the whole stability of the product. Yeah. I don't understand that stuff either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 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 less convinced about using a stylus. I'm I'm always right there. I'm there. I am two in one for life. Lindsay man. loves a touchscreen and he likes a <laughs> convertible flip over touchscreen even yeah, more. But yeah. I don't understand a touchscreen on a laptop that can't go completely flat back, you know, yeah. or at least into like tent mode or something. Yeah, um, I mean, how, other things how about would you it, use it? You're stabbing at a wobbly screen. Why would you do that? I don't understand. Well, okay. I found if you push it to about its maximum extension, then it's oh, quite stable, actually. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you could um, uh, do that. I love, I love that the trackpad. The trackpad is a thing of beauty. Um, I feel you on the keyboard. The keyboard doesn't work so well for me either. It's just, it doesn't have. I, I like, I like a chiclet style that has like a bit of a curve, like a. It's a bit convex. You mean the keycap itself? The yeah. Keycap is the shape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that my fingers can find it a little bit easier, or at least like hit the sweet spot a little bit easier. Although they yeah. are quite well balanced, so you can press anywhere on the. On the key Words. and it, it, ah. it, it will register. So, um, I yeah, they 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 can do something about that. I would have liked the Alcantara finish instead of the the standard like aluminium. What's this magnesium finish? Oh, it's it's a laptop, man. It, it has the I I haven't actually used it that much because when I reset the device to put in my own credentials, <laughs> it gave me a blue screen of death, and I am still trying to rebuild it. There's something. Oh, Surface does with its drivers that I cannot work out. And then the biggest gripe that I have is the USB ports, the USB A and the USB C ports are together. so close together yeah. that you can't put the drive in and the the mouse cable because obviously yep. when you're in that recovery mode on some of the re on some of the rebuild the recovery images, it doesn't let you use the actual peripherals of the device. Jeez. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a frustration, but from a hardware perspective, it is a thing of absolute beauty. And the, the little interaction that I did have going through the menus to go to the reset section, that, that, was, that was incredible. It's really good to see what Microsoft actually believes the laptops should be like. But that's enough about that. There were other laptops that launched um, in last week, this week, um, after we, we recorded. The Asus ZenBook range has been refreshed. Oh, they have my heart, Gavin. That ZenBook Flip S. Is, is something okay. that I want. I covet it. Uh-huh. You know what I coveted was the B9. The B9 is the equivalent of the HP Dragonfly or something like that. Super thin. I don't just go in for thin laptops, but it had the right combination of features. It had the right mm. sort of port set up. And, you know, it had the right kind of materials and stuff. So the B9, which is not going to be cheap, I don't think. But they promised to send me one as soon as it's available. But I'm the biggest Asus fanboy, hey? I love Asus laptops, man. Yeah. I've had two Vivo books over time, and they've both just delivered excellently. Oh, sorry, Zen books. I've had Zen books, yeah. Interestingly so enough, the new range were all announced with the Intel, what's it, the Fire Lake or Tiger Lake. The Tiger yeah. Lake, I think. It's the 11th generation, um, yeah. 11th generation chips, no AMDs in the lineup. Yeah. You asked them about AMD chipsets, and they were like, oh, you can buy the current lineup. Um, they have AMDs in them. Mm. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm kind of over Intel right now. 
No, totally. Although that's a, the, that's a trick they missed there. That's a trick they missed. They must not go all in on Intel like that. It's going to pay off badly for them, I think. Mm. But on Tiger Lake, or at least 11th gen, the, the integrated the Iris XE graphics is reportedly yeah. very, very, very good. Like yeah. you can do some like low end to mid range like gaming on on that sort of stuff or integrated um, yeah. GPU. That is incredible. We have to keep an eye on Intel coming back with graphics. I think they've been making the right noises, making the right moves, and they need they need to pull something out the bag, Intel, because they are lagging in just about every other area. Yeah. 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 Uh, everything else on the list? Ugh, dude. We've had an inflection now where, where these devices are coming out, the consumer-grade devices are coming out with, like, pro-grade features like 8K recording and HDR10 recording. And I'm thinking that these things aren't ready for prime time, man. They, they, they yeah. really aren't. They, they shouldn't be put in devices. Like 5G, you can kind of understand on like the premium end, but 5G will only be available to us as, as like a service, probably middle of next year, I imagine. Um, it right. will roll out to more areas. Uh, but right. but like they, they just high refresh rate screens and all this they're just pushing up the prices of these gadgets for yeah, no good reason absolutely like zero consumer fee. i'm just I'm, I'm just ranting about this because i shot a video um and i forgot to put the hdr10 off and in 4k on a mobile device and then the file size i ended up was pretty much unworkable for my workflow 29 gigs for an hour long clip 4k clip at h in hdr 10 man it's it's just who's so who's 4K, gonna use that 4k hdr 10 right yeah who's yeah. gonna use who's gonna use that like you're not shooting your kids in that race to load onto instagram yeah talking about consumers gavin yeah. google suite i i'm beginning to loathe it right now but it is <laughs> something that you have to become friends with in, yeah, look, everyone world. has Gmail and everyone's going to use their Gmail from time to time. So here's what, here's what I encountered this week. Now, Lindsay chortled like I was the last person to figure this out on the whole planet. <laughs> so forgive me if you've already figured this out, okay? But this was news to me. If you load your Gmail inside a web browser window, right? Normally on the right-hand side, there's a little icon. It looks like a little checkerboard. If you click on that, it pops out a window that shows you all the other Google services that are available, like Maps and um, Drive and, you know, uh, what's a Google, what's the word processor called? All that stuff. Okay, so all the little Google apps all appear in that little flyout window on the right. But there's lots of serv Google services in there that I don't actually use. So to get the ones I do use, like Google Keep and Gmail and Maps and so on, I always have to scroll through this long list of mm -hmm. stuff. Like the Google Podcasts, by the way, which is a separate issue we must come back to sometime. Google Podcasts is now my podcast player of choice, my podcatcher of choice. Just because it's so easy, it ports immediately from phone to phone every time. And as you know, we change phones all the time. So, But Podcasts, for example, is right at the bottom of the list of Google apps. So to get there, I've got to scroll down. This. What actually happens is that you can actually move those icons around inside that little flyout window, which I didn't realize. So now I just move all the, uh, the icons for the Google apps that I use all the time to the top of that little window, the flyout window, so that it really optimizes and it's much more efficient than before. So every time I open a, open a Google service in a browser window, 
when I need to use another Google service, that window flies out with my main icons that I moved to the top of the list all at the top now. Mm, that's my story. Okay, that's pretty quick. And then, I mean, you can link those to your desktop as like quick apps, um, web apps as well. You can pin them to your desktop and then you can have them there. Or you can just pull it down onto your taskbar as well. Um, you can place web apps there and go straight to that browser page whenever you use it and use your fancy Windows or Mac device as a glorified Chrome browser. <laughs> right. <laughs> what what Liz is saying is that is that um, Chrome is actually a kind of an environment. So these Google services run inside of what is a browser window effectively, but it doesn't look like a browser window. It's made to look like a whole program running on its own, but it's really mm. just an instance of Chrome running in the background there. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. One thing I found also on the Microsoft Edge browser, um, one of the extensions you can put on there is an Office extension. And just like the Office app on your phone, that will give you access, quick access to all of your Office documents, your, like your recent Office documents. And then you can open that as instances of Office 365 inside of your Edge browser as well. Um, I know you are a big user of collections. I haven't gone into the, the collections thing so yeah. much. <laughs> Uh, can uh, you just give us a little bit of just a slice of what okay, a quickie. So here I am. I'm busy researching tanks from World War II, let's say. Mm. I've opened four different Wikipedia pages. I've opened, um, you know, news sites. I've opened all these different pages, all to do with tanks from World War II. But now it's the end of my working day and I actually need to get up and leave my computer. I don't want to close all these windows, but I don't have time to read all the windows. Mm. What I can do is I can collect all those browser pages together into what they call a collection, which is a separate little feature inside of Microsoft Edge. So it's, it's almost like, like a research folder, effectively. Yeah. And I can then go back to that folder and open any of the windows individually or open the whole lot of them at once when I want to go back with my research. So... It's a very useful way of you know, keeping things together. Of course, I'm using tanks in World War II as a, as a stupid example. It's more likely that I'm researching 5G phones or budget TVs or you know, anything like that. And that okay, will so stop you from the problem that I ended up with today, where I was busy with something in a, in a window, uh, or at least in a, in a browser tab, and then realized that Edge had just quietly opened up all 40 of the browser tabs <laughs> that I had open on my phone. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know exactly. when you lose it on when you lose it when the, the windows are too small to be able to like move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't even get out of the problem you've created. Yeah. <laughs> and I just I just closed the entire browser. I ended yeah. everything because I couldn't the get back way. to the one I wanted to use. Um and that yeah, that's that's a good way to end off this podcast. Kevin, I have some awesome content going up tonight about um, colored identity, actually. So brown people Ooh. like me, um, I interviewed one of the foremost academics in South Africa that I'm aware of, um, who published actually at an at in, uh, international university a thesis on transculturation of South Africa with a focus on colored identity. And yeah, it's a very topical now of the moment. And that's going up tonight on that opinion guy on YouTube. Um, I have the action cameras also going up later this week. I've got a backlog of things to get through, but yeah, there's some interesting things coming in the future. Gavin, what's going on on your side? Um, this week I'll be getting into that Vivo X50 with its um, gimbal camera that we're so excited about. I'm giving a more thorough look at these 360 degree cameras that both Lindsay and I have had a, a look at. 360 degree video was very in vogue about 
a year and a half ago, and it's gone a bit quiet since then, but I'm, I'm re-energized to investigate further with the Candeo 360-degree uh, camera and the Ricoh 360-degree camera, which we got from 180 by 2 a new mm. supplier in South Africa. Um, that's about it. I have uh, other phones to look at, so I've got the Vivo, and what is this? Uh, this is uh, oh, like the Hisense H40, their new flagship, which is a very oh, budget-priced phone. But we we do enjoy a Hisense phone. I have to say, I'm a big fan. We used to, okay. and then and then they they kind of fall behind on their software updates. And we will talk next week about software updates after we've experienced what the new iPhones are all about. We'll probably know right. all those leaks by then. Next week, I'm also going to regale you with tales of my Hi-Fi upgrade I did recently, which is like Ooh. full analog. Tell you Ooh. all about it next week. You've okay. Never told you haven't even told me, Gavin. I don't like this. <laughs> I but the I time shall. My home network is falling apart because of this one <laughs> load shedding. My my makeshift mesh system is now just like I couldn't even access the the. Ugh. You know when it connects and there's no internet, like there's nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have yeah, that. Yeah. That, okay. That range extender is now. Poked oh man, up. I can't <laughs> wait for your rain five G to kick in there, man. Jeez. Okay. Good luck with that. And you can All find right. me on social media. I am Sharpshooters, S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. You can find Gavin at Gavin underscore Dudley, G-A-V-I-N underscore D-U-D-L-E-Y. Yes, on, on the tweets. Otherwise, do email us to overclockedza at gmail.com. Exactly as it sounds, overclockedza at gmail.com. Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Any feedback, much appreciated. We'll give you a shout out. Okay. Cool. I was just trying to end this call with the wrong mouse because I have too many mice. <laughs> <on my day>. <laughs> <laughs> it's late, it's late in the day. Good night, sir. <laughs> <laughs>